Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time to talk basketball now, and uh, this is uh, a man who writes as the bird writes, he talks as the bird chirps as well. Ollie Cassell uh, joins us uh, out of NOLA, New Orleans, Louisiana, that is. Uh, Ollie Cassell, good morning, how are you, sir? Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Ready for this FIBA World Cup? Ready for the FIBA World Cup. We're ready here. There's a lot of excitement in New Zealand for this FIBA World Cup. But I wonder how excited people in America get because, you know, you guys got the NBA for three quarters of the year. You've got the Olympics and stuff as well. You've got all your college basketball. Where does this sit on the radar for basketball fans in America? For most casual fans, they're really not going to pay attention, I'll be honest. But fortunately, there's a lot of diehard basketball fans that write, eat, sleep, NBA basketball, you know, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So they'll be tuned in. That's got to be at least a couple of million. So, yeah, I know that with the warm-up games, there was a little bit of excitement, right? The United States had a little bit of a close call with Spain and especially Germany. But like I said, the diehards have been tuning in, not so much anybody else, right? That's when, you know, this is the the peak off-season, August, when everybody kind of walks away from NBA news if you don't love the sport. Hey, Oli, is uh, this the strongest American team that you've got there, the U.S. squad? What do you make of it? You know, it's an interesting one, right? Because in the past, America has kind of struggled when they haven't had the superstars. I mean, look at what just happened in the last FIBA World Cup, where they uh, came in seventh um, in 2019. And that's been, you know, seen in the last 25 years or so, when they had that major disappointment in Greece uh, in the Olympics. Those type of teams, right? If they're not put together well and have a few superstars, America typically struggles. But this one's different. And you get the sense that, yeah, there's no Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, but there could be a superstar in the making, Ryan Anthony Edwards. But more importantly, these guys actually play like a team. In the past, American teams really struggled playing that team ball. You get a bunch of these guys from different NBA teams playing together, and if there's no stars to carry the load, well, they struggled to mesh. Right? That's where, you know, whether it's from Canada, Germany, you name it, any other nation, these guys have known each other for years, know how to play with one another. That's why Spain's always been so good, Argentina uh, a few years ago. And America's never been able to play that style of ball, but I think this team that Grant Hill built can do that. You look at you know, Jalen Brunson, Brandon Ingram, they're all really team-first guys. They all have right, great skills. They can put the basketball through the hoop, do a lot of good things, play, make, you name it. But it's the fact that they play together, right? Unlike past years where you had the Allen Iversons, the Carmelo Anthony's, right? When you put those guys together, it was hard to play team ball. But the team that the U.S. has put together now, I think, is built for this. So even though they don't have superstars, I think they should be the favorites. 
This uh, World Cup, we, I mean, thinking we're, what, uh, less than 12 months away from an Olympics, which seems to be higher on the agendas of some of those bigger names you mentioned. Is, is this like almost being treated by the US as a development op- opportunity for the Olympics? It really is. You nailed it on the head. It's for lesser guys, right, the non-Kobe's, the non-LeBron's, to step up and if they wish to represent their nation, maybe make it to the Olympics, kind of like a stepping stone, right? So it's not as bad as, say, you know, maybe some kind of like lower tier Olympic qualification because FIBA, let's say the FIBA World Cup, is the second best thing to the Olympics. So there is a little bit of glamour, but you're right. It's nowhere near the level of an Olympic gold medal. And that's why, like I said, you're going to see most stars always take a break. I mean, and it's not just America, right? Victor Wembanyama is not playing for France. Um, you've got several other well-known players sitting out for their respected nations too. Hey, Ollie, so when you're talking about the superstar in the making, you've talk, talked about it for the USA. What about all the other lesser nations? Like, you know, our, our team is up there from New, New Zealand playing. Do they have all the NBA scouts at this tournament? Um, and do you think it's, it's a place for someone to shine and maybe pick up a, a contract? Oh, they definitely do. Yeah, you know, like I said, basketball diehards includes everybody that works right in basketball, scouts, front office people, so they'll be keenly watching. And you're right, it's a place to make a name for yourself. And uh, it's unfortunate there's some players that are going to be sitting out. Look, I know you guys are in a tough group, right? America and Greece, both in the top ten. So New Zealand, minus what? I don't think you guys have what Corey Webster, Stephen Adams obviously isn't playing. So it's a chance for the other guys, right, to step up. And if they can play well, you know, then you're right. They might be able to get themselves a contract, whether it's in Europe, or maybe with an NBA team. Yeah, it's the thing that Perry Cameron's done, actually. The coach, is, he's, he's deliberately gone small. So he's obviously trying to play a different style of ball, going, going playing to, to strengths and, and, and tactically thinking, how, you know, what are other teams' strengths and how can we take away from those, which is which is interesting. I, I did wonder, Ollie, and, you know, uh, I know you're in the US and you're probably sick of conspiracy theories, uh, but can, <laughs> can we start a conspiracy theory that the NBA franchise are loading the deck for the US to win this with so many foreign stars unavailable because I was going through it. No Ben Simmons, no Jamal Murray, no Victor uh, Webinyama, no Giannis Antetokounmpo, there's no uh, Rui uh, Hachimura for Japan, Porzingis is missing for Latvia, mm-hmm. Sabonis is out, Jokovic is out, Ru- Ricky Rubio's not there for Spain. I mean, there's so many big names missing. Yeah, I hate that. And, and you're right. I'm going to raise an eyebrow because you're right. I'm used to hearing about conspiracy theorists. It seems like half of this world preaches them, right, spits them out. But, no, look, I mean, we know with a lot of these guys, like, for instance, Jamal Murray, he ripped up his knee several years ago, and he just came off by a championship run. So for a guy like him, it kind of makes sense. And I wish he was playing. Boy, I think Team Canada, if anybody could beat the U.S., it would have been Canada, right? Because, I mean, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a lot of people think he's a top-10 MVP type of player in the NBA now. And if you had Jamal Murray next to him, those two guys could beat almost anybody. Giannis, we know he can single-handedly carry any team, uh, and it's a shame he won't be playing. Fortunately, Luka is playing, but you're right. There's some other big names that aren't there, and it, it does seem mostly to be injury-related, and a lot of it is legitimate, right? So with Victor Mbanyama, it's the fact that France played um, their, their division uh, over there, their leagues for extended into, what is it, close to the summer to where then Victor played a couple of games in the summer league in Las Vegas. So you can understand why the Spurs and why he would – not want to really participate in this when 
he's got an 82 game schedule coming up in the NBA with training camp starting in just a month and a half's time. So, yeah, I wish you could get all the names. Unfortunately, we do right in the Olympics, but for FIBA, I don't think that'll ever change. You're always going to have a lot of stars missing it. And, and is that the priority issue? You know, like you've got the, all these NBA players, uh, Ollie, that aren't heading up to the FIBA world, um, worlds, and and you know, even they talk about Jockett with. They say that he's just mentally and physically fatigued. Is it just not a priority for those those superstars? Yeah, you've got to think that when you win a championship, you you probably are exhausted and tired, and want some free time. Um, so for guy Djokovic, all of a sudden that is going to knock down you know your participation with your nation. And look, he's always participated in the past, so it's not like this guy's always skipped out on his uh, nation's you know events. It's just this is the first time, and it's coming off of Denver Nuggets winning the whole thing. So I'm not surprised. But you know one thing I do want to point out? There are some NBA players that really want to play in this. Like look at, for instance, was it the Bahamas, right? Buddy Heald is from there. I think DeAndre Ayton, but Eric Gordon signed on to, you know, get in this FIBA World Cup so that he could play. And there's several other players like that too where you wouldn't think they'd be associated, right, with a particular nation, but they join them just so they can get in this event. So, you know, we should probably glamorize those guys up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. I mean, who are the dark horses for you? I mean, everybody's, obviously, eyeballs are always on the U.S. I mean, you guys could put four teams in this and have all four in the semifinals, pretty much. But, I mean, who are the Smokies? Yeah, I wish Australia had Landale playing because I think they could give anybody a run for their money. We mentioned Canada, but like Spain, Canada probably isn't really, you know, a dark horse at all. You know who I like is Germany. And I know, I think, what, amongst the world, they're not even ranked in the top 10, according to, like, the points rankings by uh, FIBA, the world rankings. But they impressed me when, like I said, they should have beaten America. They had them on the ropes. We're up by 16 points in the second half. And they've got good players. Schroeder, you know, he, he's a good, legitimate NBA veteran point guard. But I like the Wagner brothers. I like the way Germany plays really tough, really hard. And they're big, right? They can rebound. And, and America couldn't get around them. They couldn't get in the paint. So a team like Germany, yeah, that's somebody I've got circled that could potentially win this whole thing, and nobody's picking them at all. Oh, that's interesting, man. That's interesting. I mean, I look at it and think the only only uh, team that can beat Team USA is Team USA, if you know if things yeah. don't go right mentally. And I was looking at the coaching group, and you got Steve Kerr there running things, but he's got Eric Spilestra next to him. That's two head coaches. I mean, I, I look at it and go, well, that's great because a lot of basketball knowledge, but sometimes you need somebody who's a number two just to be a number two. What do you think? Is this, could, could this be you know, a great master and apprentice situation or, or could it also be you know, too many cooks? Yeah, you, you could see that argument. Like, for instance, the coaching staff, I love U.S.'s coaching staff. They've also gone, in addition to Kern Spolstra, uh, they've got Tyron Lue. He's the guy that, you know, won championship with LeBron in Cleveland, and he's renowned as being one of the best X's and O's guys ever in, in the NBA amongst the coaching ranks. And then you've got some guys from college like Mark Few, who's heading up the Gonzaga program. So they're all-stars. But what's interesting to me is you say America's bar far and away, kind of the favorite, right? The only one that can beat them is themselves. Well, here's the thing. A lot of these guys on Team USA either haven't right, been all-stars, haven't won the entire thing like the NBA championship, haven't been on this stage internationally before. So I feel like if there's any kind of pressure, and we saw it against Germany, where really it was just Anthony Edwards and maybe one or two that were able to step up, but the rest of the guys didn't. 
I'm curious once the lights are really on because the games do count, right? Now they all matter. What if they're in these tight spots again or they're trailing in games? How are they going to react, right? Because they don't have that superstar. You can grab them their, their, their cape and ride them to a win. So I, I think that America is susceptible to a loss. You jump out on them and you just play tough, and maybe they'll fold them because they're not used to, right, being in this line like these players that are on the team and winning in these crucial moments. And just before we let you go, mate, uh, how much talk is there or how much consideration is there for you around the way that basketball at international level is refereed versus how it's refereed in the NBA? I mean, like, travel basically don't exist in the NBA, right? But they tend to get called at international level. Exactly. I personally like the rules. FIBA, for instance, if the ball gets on the rim, you can knock it off. I like the style. They, they allow for more physicality, right? So there's less fouls called. They don't really reward flopping, which in the NBA, it just drives us all crazy over here. There's certain things that I really do like about FIBA, but here's the problem. I don't think the officiating, per se, is as good in America, right, with the NBA, where the officials, they miss a lot of calls, or they'll just call things blindly. Uh, in the NBA, of course, in every league, there's that issue, but I just feel like I've noticed it more watching these games over the last month with FIBA than I'm accustomed to, right, watching NBA officials all the time. So I like the rules. But I'm a little worried about the officials maybe not getting a thing or two right. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. The officials always seem to get talked about, that is for sure. Uh, Ollie, I, I did see uh, Stephen A. Smith, the ESPN crew, talking uh, who the greatest uh, point guard is of all time, and the, and, the, and the argument was between Magic Johnson and Steph Curry. Uh, which way do you lean? If it's, if it's a true point guard, you've got to go with Magic. Right? There's never been a better playmaker in history right? with the terms of ability at his size and the pizzazz. Right? He could run a team. Steph Curry just happens to be the greatest shooter of all time who can also right, make a play. So by today's standards, yeah, I guess maybe Steph because it seems like everybody's going to be able to shoot the ball. If you go by traditional definitions, oh, it's magic easy for me. Uh, good stuff, Ollie. Hey, listen, man, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and, and enjoy the, the, the World Cup, man. I, I look forward to, uh, to following you on Twitter and uh, following at the Bird Rights as well, the coming NBA season and your uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm keen to see you guys play. I haven't, I haven't watched New Zealand play. Like I said, I want to see somebody surprise me or two because I don't really know the roster, so I'm looking forward to that. Man, I was looking through the roster. We got guys in that team. We got nobody from the NBA, as you probably know. Most of our players play locally, um, and and either Australia or New Zealand. So yeah, a couple in Japan, a couple in Europe, but generally most of the roster is local. So yeah, I tell you what, man, I'm be interested to see what your take is and on the way that Piero Cameron coaches that team and what they're trying to do. So maybe we will get you on after that USA game and give us some insight. Absolutely. Love talking to you guys.